Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Redemption Life Church. Listen as Pastor Michael Cox teaches on trusting the Lord with all your heart. We're going to go to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, right where we were last week. Proverbs chapter 3. Start in verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all, everybody say all again, all all your heart, and do not lean to your own understanding. In all, there you go, your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. So this kind of, as far as we got last week, was trust in the Lord with all your heart. You know, I'm glad we got that through that in a week. It's taken me 20 years to try to learn that, right? So if we pick that up in a, in a week on a Sunday morning, that's really good. And so we talked last week about sometimes when we say just trust in the Lord with all your heart, we're using that term as uh, quantifying or qualifying how much you love God or how much you trust God. It's like, how, how passionate are you about trusting God? And so we seem to constantly uh, be trying to meet that standard of trusting God with all our heart. Man, I'm trying to trust you. I'm trying to love you with all our heart. And I had this thought. Um, you remember a few weeks ago we talked about our hearts and who does our heart say that he is. And we talked about the different... Um, things that can go wrong with our heart and in relation spiritually things that can go wrong and and how those things are tested and how those things are fixed and all that different stuff and so I was thinking this week reflecting on last Sunday if we try to trust God with the passion of all our heart or with the qualitative all our heart with only a portion of our heart then that's going to cause heart failure. And that's what a lot of people have been trying to do. Our religion has outpaced our relationship, and we've tried to trust God and love God and serve God with all of our heart in a qualitative way, like, I'm loving him hard. Look, aren't I? I think I got it all. It's doing, you know. But we're doing that with only a portion of our heart then that means we're putting stress on the parts of our heart that are striving to quantify their trust and love to God. And then that's where we see people burn out from striving from this portion of their heart that's trying some way to manufacture enough Just enough. Do you love God enough? Do you trust God enough? Let me try to do that without surrendering my whole heart to him. And that's going to cause heart failure. That's going to cause burnout and an overworking of your heart. We learned last week, trust is a firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. And so we have to believe in him, trust in him, have a belief in the reliability of him with all of our heart. Do you know that if you trust him with all of your heart, you won't have to add any striving to that? If you give him the quantity of your heart, you won't have to qualify that with your striving. If you give him all of who you are and let him entrust him with every part of who you are, it doesn't talk about how much trust and how much you display it. It says faith the size of a mustard seed, but do it with everything. And if you'll trust him with all of your heart, then you can find that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And you're just trusting him with every part of your life and your heart. And you'll no longer have to try to make up for the parts that you're not trusting him with by overemphasizing the parts that you are and having heart failure and burning yourself out. And that's where a lot of us find ourselves. That's where a lot of people in ministry find themselves compensating for a lack of 
trust in broken places in their life with some gifts that they excel in, so they just overdo it on those things. And we find ourselves that if anybody takes our place of fulfillment in our striving, then it leaves us empty and broken. So then ministry becomes a ministry to ourselves instead of a ministry to others. Giving becomes a giving to ourselves instead of a giving to others because it's born of a place of striving and it's born out of a place of lack and unwholeness. And so it becomes this codependent, terrible trap of the adversary to get us into that place. But we're not talking about that today. That was last Sunday, right? Today we're moving on, okay? So trust in the Lord with all. Remember we looked that up, what the Hebrew word for all is. It's all, right? So all, trust him with all. We talked about broken relationships. We talked about finances. We talked about so many places of our life. It just means all. And do not lean on your own understanding. Trust in him and don't lean to your own understanding. We looked last week about the different parts of our heart and how when we, tr we lean to our own understanding in different parts, then we're not trusting him with those parts. And we're leaning to what we see and what we think and how we think we can restore that broken place. And we do it through holding debts and we do it through unforgiveness and we do it through different methods of striving and religious duties. But we try to manufacture the wholeness that only he can bring by leaning to our own understandings. And so I say all the time, lean not to your own understanding because you might fall in. Okay, don't lean to your own understanding because you might fall into it, right? If you get a leaning towards conform thinking before you know it, how many people have done that? Don't, don't take my word for it. How many people have been loving God, serving God, trusting God, and you just let the adversary come in in a place of your life, and it didn't even seem real significant, and you started down this path of conform thinking, and before you know it, you're, you're conformed in almost every area of your life. Yeah. And you're like, what happened? You fell in to what you were leaning towards, yeah. right? You fell in, next thing you know, that's all I can see. And then I say, I'm confused, I don't know which way's up. That's because you fell in your own understanding. Yeah. You're drowning in your own understanding. Yeah. So don't lean to your own understanding. I watched a truck the other day, a little video, trying to get out of a rut. And this truck backed up and went forward, turned its wheels, you know, trying to get out. Backed up again, turned its wheels, trying to get out. And that truck never did get out of that rut. It just kept on. Wheels turned all the way, but just kept going down that rut. That's what we do so many times. If we lean towards our own understanding, anybody that's gone four-wheeling, if there's ruts on the trail, you know you can't even lean towards them. You can't even get close to them. You get as far away from that rut as you possibly can. If you get anywhere near it, where are you going to end up? If you get anywhere near it, where are you going to end up? We have to have transformed minds that are so far away from the conformed thinking of the world that there's no chance of us accidentally falling in. That's why we can't say, well, this isn't so bad. This isn't so bad. This isn't too bad. This isn't this. This isn't. I mean, I heard a great quote this week. Let me see if I can find it in my notes. Not my sermon notes, but my, my receiving notes. I heard a sermon the other night. What you've been calling a religious spirit, this hit me. What the church has been calling and rejecting and renouncing and calling it a religious spirit is really a sovereign move of God. It's a marriage of depth in the word and spirit and sacrifice. Anything that looks like sacrifice or holiness or legalism, we reject it and put it in the whole body of, well, that, that, that's a religious spirit trying to take away my freedoms. But really... It's a sovereign move of God trying to separate the church from the world and move us away so we don't keep falling into the same ruts everybody else is falling into. We should be different. 
We should look different. We should live different. I'm not even going to read it again because I've read it so many times. I know it's Family Sunday, right? Hey, hey, kids. So good to have you guys in here. We love you. You're beautiful. I'm not real good at making it perfect for them. I'm, I need to do better on Family Sundays. But Romans 12 do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't just keep thinking along the same process as you used to think along. You should not still be having the same thoughts that you had before you were born again. You should not still be doing the same things. When you go to work, you know, live at peace with all men. We've taken that to say live like all men. No, that ain't what it means. You can live at peace with all men and can be completely different than the rest of them. And so we've taken so many and we've watered down things and we've said, well, man, the love of God would just have me to eat with the sinners and cooperate with the sinners and go along with the sinners and laugh with the sinners and do all that stuff with the sinners. Man, I can love a sinner. I can let them see the fire of the love of God in my eyes without partaking in their, seed, their, their, their deeds of darkness. And so we should be set apart. We should not lean to our own understanding. Look at 1 Peter 1, 14. As God's obedient children, never again shape your lives by the desires that you followed when you didn't know better. You should be transformed in your thinking. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you, but such is common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted Beyond what you're able, but with the temptation will provide a way of escape also that you will be able to endure it. Again, if we're in the rut, there's the exit ramps all down the side. Way of escape, way of escape, way of escape, way of escape, way of escape. Hey, look, coming up, way of escape. Hey, look, three miles, way of escape. Awesome. I'll get off on that one. I'll stay in the rut till I get there. What happens when you get there? Wait. You look like that truck. I mean, the wheels are turned all the way. I'm coming. I'm coming. And you say, I'm so confused. You know my saying. You're not confused. You're conformed. You're just so much in a rut that you can't get out because you've just programmed your thinking in such a way. So lean not to your own understanding. I was just seeing this marriage this week, and this is where we're going, and this is going to be my challenge on Family Sunday. So... Our spirit is awakened, and we respond. You see this you see this progression in this passage? Trust in the Lord with all your lean not to your own okay our mind, will and emotions encompasses those. you know what those are? Those are your soul. That's your soulish realm and so you respond in your spirit and then your spirit has to inform your heart and your heart by faith uh, informs your mind and you get these two things transformed instead of being conformed but it first happens in your spirit then it happens in your soul but then there's a manifestation in your body and so we have to respond to him those who will worship him will worship him in Spirit and in truth, we respond to him in our spirit and it informs our soul and it transforms our soul and then it manifests in our body. And so you don't lean to your own understanding. So you trust in the Lord with all your heart. You don't lean into your own understanding. And then this is what happens. In all your ways, you acknowledge him. If you will trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding, in all your ways you'll acknowledge him. Yeah. Now here, this kind of messed me up. A couple of weeks ago, I discovered this. I know, sometimes I say I discover stuff, and y'all are probably like, man, he's slow. Okay, but all right. <laughs> all right? But you know, when it says I acknowledge him, you know, I think of acknowledge as Marshall. What's up, bro? You know, what's up? I acknowledge you, right? Acknowledgement, an acknowledgement, an acknowledgement. If you do an acknowledgement on a program or on a bulletin or whatever, it's just a little bitty blurb, you know. We acknowledged you. 
At least we acknowledged you, right? We acknowledged you. I've gone places before people have specifically asked me. I would not want any acknowledgement, but they specifically tell me to come up somewhere and they're going to acknowledge me and then I stand there and then they forget and then I'm like, why did I do that? I'd much rather have stayed in the background than to be up there and you tell me you want to do something and then you don't, right? But that, that acknowledgement, but do you know that acknowledge right there is actually the same Hebrew word as when Adam acknowledged Eve? They don't use the word in the translation as acknowledge, but it's when Adam knew Eve and conceived children. So in all your ways, acknowledge him. Now you've got to trust him with all your heart. Now this is where I really wanted to go today, and sometimes I am. We're going to have a marriage conference because we need to have a marriage conference about this about trusting with all your heart and leaning not to your own understanding and don't have conformed thinking about your spouse, and that way you'll be able to acknowledge them. We ain't got enough acknowledging going on. I'm serious. We have a problem. We do. We have a problem. We have a problem. There's, there's, you hush, boy. What about Family Sunday, Dad? Be quiet. <laughs> we have a problem. We have a problem. We have too much, too many acknowledgement-less marriages. <laughs> All right? And um, we have too many spouses wanting to be acknowledged without being trusted. We have spouses wanting people to think things, right things about them. Without being trusted, we have people wanting to want parts of this without all of this in our marriages. And it's led to acknowledgeless marriages. That's PG, ain't it? Come on. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Man, when that when I when I got that, that that changed my life. Because here's the picture. If we will trust in him with all our heart and lean not to our own understanding, we're going to become completely vulnerable. Like pre-fruit-in-the-garden-eating vulnerable. <laughs> Somebody told me the other day I talked about being naked before the Lord. They said, I don't know what kind of church this is. We talk about being naked. <laughs> but vulnerability... By trusting with all our heart in every area and becoming vulnerable. And not letting strongholds in our mind, wrong ideas about who he is, cause us to withhold ourselves from him. But completely being vulnerable. You know, before they realized they were naked, they first had to believe a lie about God. They leaned to their own understanding that was placed in them by the serpent, and they did not trust him with their heart, and then they realized they were naked, and then they hid themselves from intimacy with him. See, they used to walk with him in the cool of the day, which is the spirit time, which is the fellowship and communion time with him. It really wasn't determined by a part of the daytime. It was determined by the spirit of their unity. And so they quit trusting him with their heart. They believed a lie in their mind, and then they withheld themselves from the spirit time with him, the intimacy with him. And so that's the way that we do. This is the first thing I thought of when I thought of that, acknowledging him in all their ways. Can you throw that picture up? We were down in Florida a few years ago, and there's this little creature. Anybody know what this is? They call these things love bugs. I don't know where else they are, but they're definitely in Florida by the gazillions. Louisiana, yep. By the gazillions. These are called love bugs. They're called love bugs because they're connected. They're acknowledging one another. <laughs> they're acknowledging one another on a perpetual, consistent basis. And so these little bugs navigate their surroundings with the mind of that they're no longer one, but they're two. 
I mean, they, they don't do what they could do before they became two. They can't do the things they used to do. They have to constantly be in mind that now we've got to try to navigate this too. You guys come up here for me. Uh, Jen, Jen just rolled her eyes and Jeremy just grinned real super big. You know, that shows the... Oh, y'all did it. I gave them two. One was bigger than the other, and they chose the smaller one. Jeremy chose the smaller one. Jennifer probably chose the bigger one. But this is what it kind of looks like. <laughs> I had them practice this before service. I didn't know if they were ever going to make it out here. <laughs> Jahan and I were going to do it, but I said, Babe, you're too short, and I'm too tall, and it, it won't work. Oh, gosh, you choking? This is acknowledging him in all your ways. Not only this, but I did see a video of them doing a three-legged race one time, which made me think of this, too. If you're going to do a three-legged race with somebody, you've got to pay attention to them, right? You've got to know what's going on with them. You don't just do whatever you want to do. So this is acknowledging him. This is his... Closest we're getting today in this illustration, okay? This is a picture of acknowledging him and being in intimacy with him and wherever we go. Now, see, you guys just try to navigate a little bit, okay? This is the picture of acknowledging him in all your ways. Not, what's up, Marshall? <laughs> That's a lot different. Right? Hey, uh, hey, uh, I heard that cool sermon last Sunday. That was cool, you know. This acquaintance with him is not acknowledging him. These passing thoughts about him is not acknowledging him. Meditating day and night on the law, his word is acknowledging him. That intimacy in his presence and his spirit is acknowledging him. Now, here's the cool thing is they have no choice but to acknowledge one another. Sometimes we're waiting on doors to open. Sometimes we're waiting on seas to part. Sometimes we're waiting on crooked places to get straight. High places to get low, low places to get high. Sometimes we're waiting on mountains to get thrown into the sea. Sometimes we're waiting on the difficulties and the things in our life to respond to us, but we're not acknowledging the one that they respond to. But if we're acknowledging the one that they respond to, when we come up to a sea, what do seas do in his presence? Y'all remember, I just told you guys last week, um, uh, when the Red Sea, Psalm 77, 16, when the Red Sea saw you, O God, its waters looked and trembled. The sea quaked to its very depths. The clouds poured down rain. The thunder rumbled in the sky. Your arrows of lightning flashed. Your thunder roared woo, from the world. Two words there. Roared from the whirlwind. The lightning lit up the world. Y'all say that sentence three times. The thunder roared from the whirlwind, lighting up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Your road led through the sea, your pathway through the mighty waters, a pathway no one knew was there. See, he has pathways, he makes crooked places straight, he does all that stuff. When you don't acknowledge him in your ways and you go on your own, then those things have no obligation to straighten out for you. Those seas have no obligation to part for you. But your only responsibility is to remain intimate with him in all your ways. And if you do that, your proximity to him will open up and move all of the opposition that stands before you. Your only responsibility is not to part all the seas and make everything straight and strive and work and labor, try to make it happen. It's to remain acknowledging him. In all your ways, and those things just happen. Because he doesn't walk on crooked paths. He doesn't swim across seas, right? He either splits them or walks on them. 
If you're walking with him, you're either splitting them or you're walking on them. If you're drowning, then you need to check whether or not you're intimately acknowledging him in what you're doing. If you're drowning, if you're sinking, then you need to get back to the one who doesn't drown and who doesn't sink. What happened with Peter? Peter began to forget, trust him in all my ways, lean not to my own understanding, and he began to sink. But what happened? Jesus got him, he acknowledged him, brought him in with him, and Peter's back on top of the water again. Is it because Peter's faith was so great that he was on the water again? His faith failed, but his intimacy won. His faith failed. The waves started. He lost his faith, but he stayed close. And he turned to him, and he said, reached out his hand, and just said, pick me back up. you got to remain intimate when your faith fails. And you'll stay on top of the water, or you'll be on dry ground, but you will not drowned see when i go to uh la palma little mexican restaurant if you go with me you're gonna get a frosted mug with your soda men especially i don't know why but they're gender specific there okay but if you go with me, you're going to get the kind of treatment that I get there because I go there so often. If you go by yourself, you're not. If I go to Brazero with a pastor friend named Joel of mine, they bring out a completely different menu than when I go by myself. See, things change by who you acknowledge. Things change by who you stay in covenant with and who you stay close to and who you stay in contact with. You guys can go down. <laughs> Be careful taking that off. Don't let anything else come with it. I've tried to take shirts off, and Jahan's like, Michael, your belly's, she said hanging out. I said, that's never, that's never an appropriate term about my belly. Come on, I don't have a Dunlap disease. It ain't Dunlapped over my belt yet. My belly's showing, not hanging. I'm sure there'll be a time in our relationship when that will be appropriate. Let's don't get there before it's time, okay? Let's don't get there before it's time. Let's don't get the cart before the horse. Look at Mark chapter 1. I didn't even finish that verse. Acknowledge him in all your ways, and he will make your path straight. Why will he make your path straight? Because it's his path. He will give, when you delight yourself in him, he'll give you the desires of your heart. Why? Because now your desires of your heart are what delights him. And so if you partner with him, if you acknowledge him in all your ways, I guarantee you, you hear this? I guarantee you, your past will be straight. Nobody, nobody, you want a formula, you want a guarantee from church? Nobody who acknowledges him in all their ways finds themselves lost. Nobody. Acknowledge him in all your ways. Look at, what did I say to look at? Mark chapter 1. The bad thing about technology is I don't get that break while you're looking in your Bibles to get a drink because y'all just typed it in your phone and you had it fast as I said it. See, old school, if I said a verse, I'd have a few minutes to drink water, wipe my brow, you know, get my thoughts together. It's a fast-paced preaching world now. Mark chapter 1. Verse 9, I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. One day Jesus came from the Galilean village of Nazareth and had John immerse him in the Jordan River. The moment John rose up out of the river, out of the water, sorry. The mo Did I say John? Let's start at verse 9, okay? One day Jesus came from the Galilean village of Nazareth. He and had... And had John immerse him in the Jordan River. The moment Jesus 
rose up out of the water, John saw the heavenly realm split open, and the Holy Spirit descended like a dove and rested upon him. At the same time, a voice spoke from heaven, saying, You are my son, my cherished one, and my greatest delight is in you. You've heard other translations. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. Okay? Verse 12, Immediately after this, he was compelled by the Holy Spirit to go into an uninhabited desert region. He remained there in the wilderness for 40 days, enduring ordeals of Satan's test. He encountered wild animals, but also angels who appeared and ministered to his needs. So Mark chapter 1, verse 9, we see the passage of where Jesus was baptized by John. When Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens Open, a dove descended, landed on him, and at the same time we heard a voice from heaven say, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Or, You are my son, my cherished one, and my greatest delight is in you. We hear this and we see this dove. Look at John chapter 1, verse 32. This is John's. <coughs> recapping. Then as John baptized Jesus, he spoke these words. I see the Spirit of God appear like a dove descending from the heavenly realm and landing upon him, and it rested upon him from that moment forward. And it rested upon him from that moment forward. You go back to Mark chapter 1, the Holy Spirit uh, lands on him, and we hear the Father say, You're my son, my cherished one of my greatest delight is in you. Look at verse 12. Who is on his shoulder? Holy Spirit, as a dove, immediately after, you are my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Then the dove starts. All right? We all just want to hang out here. You are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. That is an important foundational revelation. You can never listen to the dove if you can't listen to the father. But if you can listen to the father and if you can believe who he says you are, then you'll have ears to hear the dove. And so right after he hears the father say, you are my son, my cherished one of my greatest delight, immediately after this, he was compelled by the Holy Spirit to go into an uninhabited desert region. We see in the passage in John chapter 1 that the dove remained from that time forward. That is acknowledging him in all your ways. If Jesus acknowledged the Father and the Holy Spirit in all of his ways... And he prayed in John 17 that just as you are in me and I am in you, I want us to be in them and them to be in us. I want to acknowledge them and them acknowledge us just like I acknowledge you and you acknowledge me. I want us to have a relationship like with them like you have with me and like when the dove remained on me. I want to walk with them. I want to care with them. I want to acknowledge them in all their ways as they acknowledge me. But if you got a dove on your shoulder and it's built on the foundation of knowing who you are as a son or a daughter and the dove is there and he's compelling you and he's leading you and he's acknowledging you and you're acknowledging him, then you always have to be mindful of the dove. Just like... Jennifer and Jeremy displayed for us of what it looks like to acknowledge one another and to be in that intimacy and how that will dictate where you're going. you got to be mindful of the dove. Doing everything, all of your ways, being mindful that you've got the dove. I don't want to go do something that's going to make the dove fly off. I don't want to go do something that the dove doesn't want to do. Yeah. 
Now, the dove is a small picture. They had a much bigger picture of what I'm saying. I kind of thought of this also. Sorry to be a little bit scattered. I'm going to try to pull it together. You know, we have in chaplaincy, we go downtown, we have these cards that we have that we can go through any door in the city-county building. And sometimes we have so... Uh, we have so downplayed the divinity and the greatness of the kingdom that we have relegated it to little symbolic things. I know people that got crosses. I know people that got all these things, and they'll literally say, well, I have my cross on. Well, I had this on. Well, I had this, or this was here, this was here, or this happened, or, you know, all this stuff like these things. It kind of reminds me of Moses in the Old Testament, you know, when, the, when everybody was being bit by snakes and there was a plague of that. They put a bronze serpent up on a pole, and everyone who looked at that serpent was healed of the snake bite and didn't die. But there came a time when they were worshiping the serpent on a stick. And we see a king, I can't remember the name now, but a king had to destroy that serpent on that stick because people were worshiping it, and that had substituted and took the place of really knowing God. And so see what I'm saying? We get these religious things, these religious ideas or mindsets that really substitute knowing God. In uh, Philippians 2, one, three, I'm sorry. We're not going to have time to read that today. I don't think. No way. But it's Paul saying, I'm going to count everything that I have known, that I have come to put my confidence and my faith in. I mean, he was perfect. He had done everything according to the law. He had done everything he was supposed to do. According to the law, he was perfect. But he says, I now consider that all to be worth a pile of dung. In what language does he use there? I count it all as dung just to know him. To know him. To acknowledge him. To truly be able to be intimate with the true and living God. Not an idea of a concept that's far removed and it's superstitious and sensational. I want to know the real deal. I want to know him because I got to know him when I have to have him in my life. When, all the, when everything comes apart and when all the wheels fall off the, and the train goes off the tracks and things aren't happening the way that we think they're supposed to happen and we don't know what to do, those far-removed ideas about a concept of God are not going to save us. We're going to have to know the true, one true, living, real God. And so I count all that stuff that I think I know as lost just to know him. And so we take these things and we try to put them in our pocket. And we call that acknowledging him. We call our t-shirt or our bumper sticker or our big Bible that tells everybody. We call that acknowledging him. But see, the difference is, is that little pass that I take to get into the doors, it don't have a mind of its own. It just goes wherever I take it. This God that we're acknowledging, he's not some mindless thing that just follows you around and blesses whatever you want to do and opens whatever door you want him to open. He's a God that if you're going to acknowledge him and go through the doors that he wants to go in, you're going to have to come like Jeremy and Jennifer did, and you don't just get to walk wherever you want to walk. Yeah. Were we just mindless? No. We're intimate. Yeah. We're intimate. I tell people in marriage all the time, man, he don't want to do it this way. She don't want to do it this way. Tell them they should do this. Tell them they should do this. And I say, I don't want to talk about what either one of y'all are supposed to do. Whatever y'all are going to do, the main point is you're supposed to do it together. So it's never about getting them to do what you want or them, you to do what they want. It's about us doing what we feel we're supposed to do together. That's what intimacy looks like. 
So we know he doesn't move and he doesn't go our way, but we also know that he gives us the desires of our hearts. So once we come into intimacy with him, we delight ourselves in him, he will say to us sometimes, which way do you want to go? Oh, my gosh, are you kidding me? What? God is just, you're saying there's no, like, standard and real thing? Yeah. But I also know he loves us like children and not slaves. So he opens up the world and he says, hey, this is all this stuff and all this is good and all this is edifying and all this is for you and these are the pitfalls and the strongholds and all this stuff. Let me walk you some paths so that you grow into maturity and then let's navigate this thing together. But acknowledging him in all of our ways. He's that door pass, but that door pass knows which door it wants to open. And there's times in your life he'll say, okay, we can go that way. We can go that way. I bless that. That's, that's good. And there's times he's going to say, if you go that way, you're going by yourself. And then we decide what's more important, my way or being with him. I mean, I know sometimes it, it may seem confusing at best. Some of the things that I say about our freedom, but about our submission. But that's just the way it is. I can't build this doctrine wholly on complete submission and never you never, ever get a say in anything that you do. Because I don't believe that's true. I also can't build it on. You do whatever you want to do, and God will bless it and come alongside of you. That would be robots, or that would be chaos. But it's relationship. We want a formula. We want some method. We want somebody to just make it so simple. We don't want any type of just having to know him. I don't want to know him. Just tell me who he is on paper, and I'll line up with who he is on paper. No, there's, more, there's no joy in that. The joy is knowing him, walking with him. It's an adventure. It's exciting. It's thinking about when the world was void and chaos. The Holy Spirit hovered over it. The Holy Spirit acknowledged the world. And made life. When Mary said, what? How am I going to have a son? I've not known a man. He said, you're going to be hovered over by the Holy Spirit. He's going to acknowledge you. And you're going to acknowledge him. There is life in you that will be conceived when you acknowledge him in all your ways. If your ways keep ending in death, maybe... You're not acknowledging him in your ways. If everything seems to constantly be chaos and crooked and everything, maybe you're not acknowledging, maybe you're just by yourself on a walk. Maybe that little token isn't working anymore. Maybe that little verse that you memorized when you were seven and you've not gone any further than that, maybe that thing's not doing it anymore. Maybe he's wanting to live with you. Remember, he leads you with his eye on you. It's a loving relationship, walking hand in hand with him, intimacy. Why does this look like sacrificing hard, the picture of them that was up here earlier? Is full surrender to God such a dirty word? The one that loves us, and wants to lavish on us for eternity the riches of his kingdom. How close do we want to be? I want to be closer than they could even model today. <laughs> um, Luis was holding Judah in the hospital. and um, uh, She came back in and he had, the, the, Judah was under his shirt. Doing skin to skin. Michaela's like, what in the world is going on? He's like, he needed this skin to skin, right? <laughs> no, it may sound awkward, but how close do we want to be? I mean, 
I don't want to be anywhere. I don't want to go through a door if he's not with me going through that door. I've been through enough of those. Anybody been through enough of those doors that he didn't go with you and you thought you could just convince him and you thought you could get through there and show him how good it was and then he would understand, right? He would realize, I don't want to go anywhere. I want to be constrained. I want to be constrained. He constrained the disciples and put them on a boat. There's some words in Scripture that we don't like. But he constrained them. You know what happened when he constrained them and put them on a boat? They found him out in the middle of the sea. They came to a deeper revelation of who he was and what he could do out in the middle of a storm that he constrained them to go to. The Holy Spirit compelled him to go into a desert place. We got a decision to make in all of our ways. Do we want to acknowledge him? Or do we want to say, I remember a skit we used to do. Some of y'all teens will remember that. I think we did it here. I don't remember where I did it. I might have did it somewhere else. I've done a lot of things over my life now. But we used to have Jesus, and you come to know him, and he's following you around and doing all this stuff, and then you get an invitation on a phone to do something you know he ain't going to want to go do. So you just take Jesus over to the wall, just take his hands up and just, just put him there. You stay here today. I'm going to do what I want to do. Sometimes we want him there, and sometimes we want him to stay. He don't play that. He don't play that. It's not his judgment that lets you fall. It's your refusal to heed his direction that lets you fall. It's his mercy that refuses at times to rescue you and reward you from decisions that end in destructive outcomes. Because if he keeps re- rewarding you for those decisions, then eventually the consequences are going to be greater. And so sometimes he lets us go without him to find out we never want to do that again. Will you stand up with me today? Some music come. Prayer team, will you come and give you a chance to pray today? Kids, you did an amazing job today. You did a great job. I'm going to have to make sure I make it more exciting. Half the adults were bored. Y'all did a great job today. Some of you know beyond a shadow of a doubt. I don't have to say a word. You just feel drawing to pray because you know that the dove would not be comfortable 90% of the time about where you want to go and what you want to do. And that's being revealed to you today. And you honestly are tired of the destination that that keeps having you arrive at. And so you want to realign today. You want to repent today. That's another word we don't like to talk about a lot, but it's a good word. It's a real good word. Repenting is a beautiful, beautiful word. Changing your mind about things is a beautiful word. Changing directions about where you're going in response to his leading is a beautiful thing. So I just, obviously it's open for anybody, but specifically if anyone just, I know that I have been living a hostile 
The life I've been living is a hostile environment to the dove. It's not an inviting, comforting, welcoming life that the dove would want to walk with me in. And some of you maybe just wouldn't, that wouldn't be what you said. That wouldn't be your prayer today. That wouldn't be your heart. But you would just say, I'm not even really sure. I'm not even really sure. If I had 15 different examples up here today with Jennifer and Jeremy being the closest, and then I just had 15 different examples, and everybody just gradually a little bit further apart. Maybe you just have really no idea at this point where you are on that scale. I really don't even know. I have just been just... I'm not saying that I'm living a life that's not conducive to him and wouldn't want him there, but I just... Really, I'm kind of indifferent to where he is in the scope of things. Not with a disdain, not with a hate, not with the rejecting... I just, it's just not even been in my mind. It's really just not even been conscious to me. i really just been driving on the interstate, and I looked up and said, how did I get here? I don't even know if he's been with me or not, honestly. But I don't want to take another step without knowing exactly where he is. Maybe that's your prayer today. Would you come up and find somebody to pray with? If you just want somebody to pray with you today, agree with you today, would you come up and find someone to pray with? Some already have. Some of them already stepped up. Some of them already kneeling down. Will you just step out? If you want to, it's just open. There's no coercion here. There's no manipulation. We're just available. We're just available to pray with you today. If you're in your seat, can you just pray while you're in your seat? Can you just pray while you're... Lord, we just... I don't know about anybody else in this room. Let me just pray honestly from my heart as an example in this room. Lord, I feel like my life, I feel like that in many places of my life, the absolute number one goal is to make sure I'm right with you. I'm acknowledging you. I'm in covenant with you. I'm walking where you lead. So, God, I just open myself right now, just any area that's not there, any area that I'm indifferent to, any area that I'm ignorant to, anywhere, any area that I'm just not aware of, any area that I just have drifted or fallen asleep or, or just began to just uh, strive or make strides on my own, right now, will you just reveal that to me right now? I don't want any area... In all my ways, in all my ways, I want to be intimate with you. In all my ways, I want to be connected with you. In all my ways, I want to be mindful of you. I want to be led by you. I want to be compelled by you. I want to be constrained by you. I want to be, I want to be released and restricted by you. Whether it's release or whether it's restriction, whatever it is, I just yield to it right now, as long as it's you. As long as it brings me in closer proximity to you right now. If I need restriction, I yield to restriction. If I need release, I yield to release. Whatever it is, I just yield to it right now. Maybe you've been bound by fear. Maybe you, maybe you are just resistant to move. Maybe you're resistant to move forward. Maybe he is 
tugging and tugging and tugging, and he is pulling and pulling on that shirt, and he is wanting to go somewhere, and he wants you to go with him somewhere, and by fear, you're just resistant. If there's anybody that is resistant because of fear today, right now, just ask for grace and ask for strength to overcome that fear. We bind fear right now. Fear, we bind you right now. We release we release love and a sound mind right now to respond to the word of the Lord, to move with him, to acknowledge him in all our ways, to pursue him in all that we do. Fear, fear is bound. Fear is cast aside. Fear is cast aside. Shame. I come against shame right now. If you're so bound by shame that you think that he doesn't want you and you think that he doesn't want to be near you and you think that he doesn't want to walk with you in the spirit time and in the cool of the day, I just bind shame right now. I curse shame right now. Shame. Be gone right now. Shame, be removed right now. Shame, you are dismissed right now. There's no room for you. There's no place for you. You're not welcome here. Shame, be dethroned right now in Jesus' name. Every assignment, every assignment that robs God's people from intimacy with Him. Right now, every assignment, we call it broken. We call it defunct. We say it won't work. No weapon will work. No weapon will work. They will not prosper. They will not succeed. Just be free in the body to minister to one another. Just be free in the body to minister to one another. Minister to one another. Agree with one another. Lord, we just pray over our children right now that are in this room that they would come to know you at an early age. They would come to trust you with all their heart. They would trust you with all their heart. They would be transformed in their minds and they would not lean to their own understanding or the understanding of those around them and the culture that's so prevalent and tries to direct them and deter them. We just say our children will know you, will trust you, will love you, They will acknowledge you in all their ways. They will acknowledge you in all their ways. They will walk with you all their days. Their days will be long on the earth and they will know you and they'll walk with you. They'll acknowledge you. They'll be led by you. They'll be compelled by you. They'll be restrained by you. They'll be released by you. They'll be restricted by you. They will come to know you and acknowledge you in all their ways. They'll know the truth, and the truth will set them free. They'll walk in freedom, liberty, and deliverance, wholeness and completeness, freedom. Our children will be a sign 
and a wonder to those around them. They'll demonstrate the fullness of the kingdom in their lives. They'll be holy as you are holy. They'll be complete and lacking nothing. They'll have joy and peace unspeakable. They'll have freedom and liberty. We bless our children in the name of Jesus. We bless our children in the name of Jesus. I bless every home in this building. As for every home in this building, they will serve the Lord. They will trust Him with all their heart. They will lean not to their own understanding. They will acknowledge you in all of their ways and you will make their paths straight. You will make high places low for them. You will make crooked places straight. You'll make rivers in the desert. You will part seas for them as they acknowledge you in their home, as they reverence you in their home, as they pronounce you as Lord of their home, as they trust you with their heart and lean not to their own understanding and acknowledge you in their home and in all their ways. You'll give them favor with God and man. You'll let your face shine on them. They'll be the head and not the tail. They'll be the first and not the last. Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Redemption Life Church. Be sure to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Redemption Life. 